Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week, we review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course, our fellow podcasters. Check us out on the web at nomcastpod.com. Follow us on the socials at nomcastpod. And most importantly, listen and subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts. Hit that beat one time. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And join us every Thursday for a new episode of Two Player Bros, a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about the latest in Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and VR news, previews and reviews. We have it all and we play it all. And join us every other week for Post Game, where we play through and dive deep into our favorite modern classics and new releases. That's Two Player Bros, available every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hi, I'm Mike Field. And I'm Pat Whalen. Pat is a lifelong comic book geek. And Mike is a filmmaker and storyteller. So naturally, a bulk of our conversations surround the world of the Marvel movies. Some consider the MCU one of the greatest achievements in modern day filmmaking. And others just think they're comic book movies. Each episode, we'll tackle one film and discuss the differences between the comic book and what's on screen. We'll explore the growth of the Marvel Cinematic Universe from its inception to present day and beyond and have a little fun along the way. You may not have asked for it. You certainly don't need it, but you'll be happy we're here. We think. This is yet another MCU podcast. The Avengers are needed again, Pat. And this time, they're in a somewhat bad episode of the Avengers TV show. <laughs> Sorry. Welcome back. Uh, I am Mike and that is Pat. Hey. We are here to talk about phase two, movie five, Avengers Age of Ultron. The I guess the next big mashup of heroes comes awfully fast. What does? The, the saving that, the world? The, that the Avengers have returned. Well, I mean, when they didn't return, when a terrorist was blowing up Malibu, <laughs> or when a uh, evil dark space elf was blowing up London. It's true. Or when a bunch of ships were targeting <laughs> thousands of people to assassinate them over Washington D.C. Also true. Um, yeah, I guess I guess you could say this. This, but they but they're quick. here now on a on a uh, a clue from I guess the TV show, right? I don't know. What you're There's an about. episode in Agent of Shield where he finds the scepter thing and then oh, he tells yeah. them to tell the Avengers, and that's when it, that's yeah. where they're there in the beginning. Anyways, let's get into it. Yeah. So, Avengers: Age of Ultron was released on May 1st, 2015, and has a runtime 141 minutes. It's rated PG-13, which they all are. Production budget of 250 million dollars. That's a lot. Opening week, it did 191 million domestic, 460 million, and worldwide 1.4 billion dollars. I guess it was a hit. <laughs> Financially, uh, yes. Joss Whedon has returned to write and direct. I think he had some help writing. He is also obviously from the Avengers, and this is the last time we see Joss Whedon in any kind of Marvel, well, and writing directing capacity. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. He, I think he's floating around helping at some point. Maybe. Yeah. There's, we'll get into that. Maybe that's just lip service. Cinematography by Ben Davis. He previously just did Guardians of the Galaxy, which we talked about. And then he goes on to do Cap Marvel, Doc Strange. Music by Danny Elfman and Brian Tyler. They both added some money, uh, music here, excuse me. Tyler just did Iron Man 3 and Thor Dark World. Edited by Jeffrey Ford and Lisa Lysick. They both had come back from the Avengers. Ford has done, uh, went on to do Captain America Civil War. 
And we all know who produces. Now, instead of running through the entire cast, everybody's back. Right? Everybody's back in this movie. Everybody's back. I'm yeah. going to give you the new people that have popped on. So you have James Spader now as Ultron, the bad guy. You have Aaron Taylor Johnson, excuse me, as Quicksilver and Elizabeth Olsen as Scarlet Witch, the Maximoff twins. Is that correct? Maybe not necessarily in this universe, but yes. Okay. Maximoff twins. Paul Bettany, while he was the voice of Jarvis in the Iron Man movies, he now becomes a character as Vision. Yep. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Linda Cardinelli is Laura Barton, the never before known (laughs) (laughs) uh, member of Hawkeye's family that we discovered. Claudia Kim as Dr. Helen Cho. I don't know. Does she move on? Does she continue on in the series? Not that I can. I was trying no. to think about that because she had like a she was like a major part of no. this one. OK, I think she was supposed to work with the team that we see at the end of the movie and then never again. Interesting. And then Andy Serkis as Ulysses Clow. Claw. 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 And we see him uh, in Black Panther next. Briefly. That's, that's yes. it, though, right? Yeah, that's we, it. Very briefly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he let's. He loses more than his hand. <laughs> Spoilers. All right, so let's talk about the movie as we like to do the movie, then the movie and comic, and then uh, the differences. I mean, and then the uh, this movie within the MCU, which um, that's probably going to be more more so this this yeah. time around than the last yep. time when we did Guardians. All right, so I think I already know, Pat, that you don't like this movie, right? Like, no, this movie is not good. This movie? I don't hate this movie. I, it's hard. To, and this is the problem with the Marvel ones. It's hard to hate any of the movies. They have the good moments, but it just it's a slog. Yeah, it's it's, it's tough. tough. It's very tough. It feels like a bad episode. Like mm-hmm. just feels like a like it feels like I'm watching a TV show of the Avengers and this episode came on and it's like ugh, it's just not interesting. At some, almost like, yeah, it's like a bad um to use that metaphor, it's almost like a bad season finale of like NCIS or something where right. they, they have to get all the stuff together. Mm-hmm. You know, people are getting kidnapped and assassinated and, and whatever. Who cares? Mm-hmm. But it, that's what it's It's just it's it doesn't work. Right. And there's not to say there's not stuff in here that right. I don't I like. I, of course, not. there's a lot of stuff in here that I enjoy. But like the opening. Now, the opening's nice that it starts off with a bang. Mm-hmm. But I can't help feeling like I'm watching a, a, a video game cutscene. Uh, in the beginning yeah like i just feel like i'm just sitting through waiting to play the game are you talking up into the i'm talking about up into the point when captain america says shit and yeah or no iron man says shit and he's like language language. that that whole which that whole joke goes through the entire movie which is a joss whedon staple i kind of i'm okay with it at times sometimes i don't like hearing it again yeah one of the one of my notes here and we can get into that because obviously the credits come after iron man after tony stark sees his vision of what happens or what with he, Than- essentially what he believes is going to happen with Thanos coming right which it's his vision, viewpoint right yeah. yeah and he grabs the set is it a scepter Am I saying scepter that? Yeah. yeah he yeah. grabs the scepter and then the credits come yeah I like that I almost wish though that in this movie because you can't make a case that he's the bad guy in this movie because he's the one that creates Ultron yep. unknowingly or doesn't realize that how big it is whatever I almost want him to go full heel in this movie. Mm-hmm. I almost want it to be like he's the bad guy. I don't know. It just that when they were fighting, it felt more. I was more interested when they were going back and forth. And I know that's foreshadowing movie. What's going to happen later on in this in, yep. the, in the in the Marvel universe. But I almost wanted him to just be like, oh, yeah, I'm the jerk. I yeah. don't you know, like I did this because this is what I and he does lead into that a little bit, which is like 
you know, I went into this wormhole. I saw what was coming. I saw it was on the other side. But then he backs off as they go to save the day. Yeah. To be Ultron. And, you know, he he kind of when he retires at the end of the movie. It's less of a I still think I'm right about all of this and more of a, you know, I don't have a place now. I'm going to go take, you know, go take a nap or, or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't. I, I agree. I think if he he went and said. You know, I'm going to still start tinkering with this stuff. I'm still going to build some of this stuff. And, and you know, there's a, that brief moment with Vision, too, where he's trying to put them together. But it, it it's almost like a mountain in a valley rise with how he feels instead of, you know, what we're looking for is him being just flat one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Just just go for it. Mm-hmm. He has that line where he's like taught, he's giving them he's letting them know his. Vision. He's letting him know yeah. what he saw, and he's like, "That's the end game up there." And I'm wondering if that was intentional or unintentional of foreshadowing to what happens at the end of their his whole saga. I'm wondering if they knew that at the time that it was going to be titled End Game. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wonder, wonder if they just took the title from that line. Well, I yeah, because I think then they mentioned that they screwed up naming. They talked about how they screwed up naming the the Infinity War. They should have. They didn't. They had. They didn't realize. They didn't want to do part one, part two. But oh right. They, you know what yeah. I mean. But they didn't realize they wanted. They needed a new name. So because it was yeah. supposed to be Infinity. I think they at one point it was going to be Infinity Gauntlet, part one, part two, yeah, and then yeah. it, then they switched to Infinity War, part one, part two, and and yeah. So I'm wondering if, like you said, after the fact, mm-hmm. they they went and and liked that line and took the took the name. Right. Right. So what do you think about let's. Uh, there's a couple of things within the movie that I want to talk about yeah. and then we can get to all that other stuff. Cause like I said, the MCU, this, this in the MCU is going to be a big chunk. Yep. What do you think about finding out Hawkeye has a family? What did that bother you? Did that not bother it you? It did bother me. Okay. And, and we're going to, I'm going to dive more into the comic. We can origins for that, but it was such a weird turn from the relationship they tried to build with him and black widow in the first Avengers movie. And then even with, Black Widow, because he was supposed to be in Winter Soldier, and you see Black Widow have the arrow necklace that she's wearing in Winter Soldier. That all of a sudden they transition to this movie. He's got this mysterious family. Black Widow obviously knows about them, right? And Nick Fury did as well. But it just listen. I'm never gonna complain about Linda Cardinelli. But is that because she plays Velma, or because you liked her in ER? Freaks and Geeks. Oh, that's true too. Yeah. That's true too. Oh, that was short lived. It was. Oh, and, and I will say this: if we're going to talk about that, I actually like undeclared better. But go ahead. That's fair. That's, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it just kind of comes out of nowhere. I like what they do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, once you're you're used to the the switch here, right. I'm okay with it. Okay, and I, I appreciate the relationship that Hawkeye has with his wife and with his kids, and that he is just like this homebody guy who has a war. Uh, you know, who has you know. A job. He goes to his job and he does his job and he, he comes home and he fixes the house. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think, you know, that more than anything shows some of the real problems in in life that, that a lot of the other characters, Iron Man, Cap, Thor, don't have to deal with. I think Hawkeye's character is one that the audience can relate to the most. Yeah, yeah he's not a superhero. He just has enhanced. He is very good at what he does. He's a sharpshooter, right. which we know exists in the world. He's just a dude. Right. He's a dude who's very good at his job. So the fact that with his family, his stuff is very nice. It's very relatable. Yep. It grounds a lot of the movie. I would I would not be angry if I could see a Hawkeye movie. That you know what I mean? You're right. But it's it feels out of place in this movie. 
that's all my it's, yeah it's great it does it just feels like it doesn't belong here i think the only reason it belongs here is if he was to actually die and since they set True. that up the whole movie that he's gonna die you know he's got that one last you know always thinking about the project he has at home to mm-hmm. figure you know to fix he's gonna do the dining room he's gonna do the, the outdoor patio whatever he's gonna do and then always this close call because it you know he gets shot in the first scene mm-hmm. And then he recovers and, you know, he survives briefly. And then it looks like he's going to get shot at the end. And obviously it's it's Aaron Taylor Johnson's Quicksilver that takes the, the bullets. The setup to him dying doesn't work because he and then the family aspect of it doesn't work in the way they play with the family aspect. If they just did, I think if they switch some of it around a little bit more instead of saying this is my last mission, then I'm done. You know, one last day on the job. <laughs> um it would work one a day bit from better. retirement. Yeah. One day from retirement. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go down to the docks and stop this drug deal from happening. No. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's, it's going to be cakewalk. I don't need my, uh, my vest. I don't yeah. know. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I, I get that. So I didn't, I forgot. I totally forgot that vision picks up the hammer. Yes, yeah. movie. So now we, we meet Vision and he's made from the Mind Stone or the Mind Stone makes him and it was supposed to we can get to all Vision stuff. But I want to ask you specifically about him picking up the hammer and wielding it. Does that cheapen it for you when Captain America has it later on in the in the whole universe? No. Do you like how it's used here? It's fine. I think <laughs> it, it starts off as, as a fun gag. Yeah. That I think the gag gets the real big payoff in Endgame when when Cap picks up the hammer and if you break down that scene, Cap doesn't think he can do it. He wants to give it a shot. It's not his forte. He he picks up the shield. That's who he is. He he wields a shield. He wields a defensive weapon. Tony Beal builds offensive weapons. He has since day one. You know whether he wants. You know I know he says he wants to build a suit of armor around the world, but that suit of armor have guns and and sure. laser beams and all that other stuff. Laser. <laughs> Lasers, <laughs> laser beams. You know, Cap is he's he's more defensive minded. Thor, you know, can pick it up easily. He, he knows he's worthy. It's his hammer. Um, right. You know, we could debate whether Thor is actually worthy or not. But Ooh. That's, you know, it's a another Push. thing. Nice. So when when Steve moves it a little bit, it's a fun little. Oh, OK. It's, yeah. You know, teaser. It doesn't necessarily need the payoff, but when it gets the payoff, it works well mm-hmm. because. He's the last, you know, he's, he's the last one standing. Right, right. He's, you know, worthy enough to wield the, the hammer and the shield. Vision doing it, it's it's fine. Obviously, it's, you know, probably influenced by the Mind Stone, by the fact that he is just, you know, this blank canvas. You know, like he says, I was born yesterday. Right, right. Let's talk about the Mind Stone. Yeah. Because I'm a little confused that the Mind Stone is a computer or it has computer intelligence. Like, so Ultron was, is actually... Like the Ultron that we that we learn about that is inhabiting, I guess that has come to life is from the Mind Stone. It's not from Tony. So Tony built an AI program, and what he was using was the energy from the Mind Stone to, I guess, run this overly large and complex program that would be Ultron. Somebody who could download right. all the information in the world, uh, generate through AI various scenarios and various ways to do things and and obviously it gets tweaked and and it's almost like a the disney channel movie smart house all right you you know what i'm talking about i know i know you speak of so she you know (laughs) they they put this she's the the house that is is 
meant to take care of everybody. And then he puts in an old episode of leave it to beaver or whatever. And, and the house becomes this overly protective fifties mom. <laughs> and that's really what this, this is, is that Tony is building Ultron. He needs the power source from the mind stone as it's this otherworldly, you know, source of energy that he could then tap into to run the program that he needs to run. Otherwise, I don't think that they had the facility. They didn't, they didn't have the capability to do it. Mm-hmm. And then when they build um, vision, Ultron is trying to build like the ultimate version of him. Right. Using right. the mind stone to continually give it the energy that it needs. Well, there's a moment because we had, we had to sit through five minutes of two, uh, CGI blobs talking to each other when Jarvis and Ultron are, t- or when Ultron exists and spins, oh, yeah. and, oh, what is this? And Jarvis is like, what are you doing? And and I had to watch that on screen. But there's a moment where Jarvis says, I don't understand how you're able to do this so fast. Like he makes a comment or something to the effect Yeah, it's that powered it, by, because Jarvis doesn't have the energy behind it, right. the power of the Mind Stone behind it. So, because I read somewhere that th- there's supposed to be a hidden computer within the Mind Stone. Or I some intelligence. That's I, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> just, regardless. Yeah. So at the end of the movie, when Vision kills Ultron at the end, are we supposed to assume that the energy from the Mind Stone that's within Ultron has gone back into Vision? That's why you have that. Because they're supposed to be of the same. Right. Are we supposed to assume that? Okay. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Know. There's a lot of little threads here. I want to... How long did you say this movie was? Two and a half hours? Uh, well, it felt like that. <laughs> it felt like that, and then they didn't answer 90% of the questions. Here's my biggest question. Ultron is, obviously, he's the smartest thing going around yep. here. And his plan makes no sense. I'm going to take time to build these rockets to lift up this section of the world to a height and then drop it and create an who's going to be a dinosaur level right, extinction right. event. Yeah. Wouldn't it have been much easier for you and your group of iron legion or whatever you built up to fly out to the asteroid belt. That is uh, within the universe, find a giant rock, all get behind it and push. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been easier? Listen, space is for the <laughs> guardians of the galaxy. Earth is for the Avengers. I'm just saying that would be a little easier to do than to create this whole entire i'm gonna cut this rock up we're gonna get some we're gonna get some rockets under there we're gonna shoot it up and then we're gonna drop it it would have been a shorter movie i'm just saying well to go with your video game analogy you needed that final scene where they were guarding the piece of technology that was causing that so and then plus you needed the cut scene that brought them up to extend the fight with the boss (laughs) and boss level Uh, <laughs> it's just I mean it's a it's a it's a it's a muddied mess. It L- is listen. a muddied mess. But it also has all these backdoor pilots to two or three other movies. And I think that's probably the source of Whedon's frustration. Yeah. I know that he's I know he's being nice and saying, you know, I just am frustrated. It's tough to do. It's it's, it's stressful and it's yeah. really difficult. I need to step back. I get all that. But let's be honest. See, there are like 15 hands in the pot here. Oh yeah. And and when I say written by Joss Whedon, that's not true. He's no. he's writing it, but there are people that are brought in to rewrite it. There are people that tell you need to write this plot, put this in. Thor needs to be in this lake. <laughs> Make sure Thor's th- shirtless. Yeah, we need to get this in there. Get his shirt off, and you get him in that water. <laughs> so he was. It was weird because the timeline has him. The Comic Con twenty twelve 
he was asked about directing Avengers 2. Yeah. Said he wasn't sure about it. And then a month later, he was announced as the director. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I, I'm sure there was like a, a dump truck full of cash that drove up to your back door that said, okay, I'm not so unsure anymore. But then he called, including and in directing all of these different characters, a nightmare. Yeah. This is a guy who's known for ensemble pieces. Yeah. Whether it's Firefly or Buffy or the first Avengers or, or anything else, he knows how to write ensembles. And he called balancing all these characters a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Ugh, not yeah. a good look. Well, let's it's the like this, especially like the Avengers movies. Yeah. The, the director's not in charge. I'm sorry. It's it's the producer. Yeah. It's the executives. It's it, you're not just a director on these movies. You're a what's the best word I can use. Showrunner. Or, yeah. Yeah. You need to just be able to understand that your name's going to go on there, but you are really not going to be doing as much directing as you think you would yeah. be doing. So like, yeah, and movie. I take that back. You're not the showrunner. Kevin Feige is the showrunner. Yeah. You're a freelance guy. You yeah, come you're, in. Yes. You're, yeah, you're a director of the week. You're the director of every other week just to give you time to prep. To, to Whedon's credit. I, and I'm a big Joss Whedon guy. I, I love Buffy, Vampire Slayer, and I even like Angel. And I love Serenity. I love Firefly. I like everything Joss Whedon. To his credit, he's talented enough where you can get at least something on screen that is going to make one point four billion dollars. Right. That it's not just a it, because let's let's be honest, you can't just throw anybody in here, and, and, and you know what I mean. We're going to see that when we get to the next phase. Ooh, yeah, I know. There's a couple movies where you, they run it the same way. Yep, they throw some new directors on, and it's it it's, doesn't work. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and and. Sure, the bottom line is fine. You'll make money. You might not make a lot more money, right? But eventually, the bloom's going to come off the rose at some point, mm-hmm. and people are going to be like, "These aren't good anymore." Yeah. And I'm not saying I don't think we want that to happen, and I'm not saying I don't want any movie to fail, right? But what we see on screen, we we have to react to, like how I have to groan when I have to see Stan Lee's cameo in this movie, in this one. Yeah, we're gonna do an episode on Stan Lee. <laughs> and, I, you know, I could not see when his cameo all respected yeah. him as a creator, but he um. It just takes you out of the movie. And I like right. where they do it. The Russo brothers have a really good, they do it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it, except for the, the one in Civil War where he shows up at the very end. And he's like, Tony Stank. Is there a Tony Stank oh, here? And it's just God. like this, this doesn't. I mean, yeah. I like this Captain but, Marvel one because he's reading the script from all rats. Yeah, 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 that was good. <laughs> um, I like the ones that they, they either do at the very beginning of the movie or they do at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't pull away from by the, like by the end of civil war though, all the conflict is over with all the story has, has, has happened. Then he shows up. Yeah. You're already ready for the teaser. Sure. At the end. You're sure. already ready for, you know, you're ready for the credits. It doesn't, it's you're good. Yeah. The one in this one too, they're at the party within, you know, the first 20 minutes right. or so it's fine. This one's actually not that bad. I, I do like this one. And I like that we get to see Steve with some of his, I just, just army friends. I was gonna say I like that. I, I, but he's never talking to any of them. No, uh, well, they drink for a little bit, and then all they all they want to do is drink with Thor, yeah. which is fun. Yeah, I, I mean, I know that it's within Captain Rod uh, Rogers' character to call his buddies because he's a great guy. He's a yeah. good guy. But I just, hey, we're having a party at uh, Avengers. Oh, let me call. Can I call the guys? Can I go <laughs> call, call the guys from and the I just, VFW? Like, I just want like like start to be like, come on, man. I don't want old guys here. Come on, like I just want that like yeah. conversation where they're like, no, no. But I, I get it. But it's fine. What they do in this movie, and I know we probably got to move on to the next <laughs> section, but they like. Thor spends half the movie literally and figuratively taking a bath. 
Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Cap, they don't give Cap anything to do other than being a grouchy guy who doesn't like to swear. Right. They, that's, and they, yeah. they make this a disservice to him, especially when the next movie is also a disservice to him. Yeah. And then we have the, um, and maybe this will work as a good transition, but the Natasha Bruce romance that one comes out of right, nowhere. Right. Two doesn't have any payoff. Yep. And three just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I, I didn't understand. It was almost like, as the kids say, they were shipping that hard. And yeah. I don't, if they, if they say that anymore. Before we get into comics, before we get into comics and movies, the difference between the comic and the movie, I just want to do two things. Yeah. One, when they're all, after they have the, after Ultron builds a, when he has plenty of time to build a better robot than he can. Yep. He builds this crummy robot so he can just have that, he can start singing the song from Pinocchio and, and we, ooh, eh, you could have built a better robot, but regardless <laughs> of that, after the aftermath, they're all sitting around talking about, you know, can they get the Colby Smulders who plays Maria Hill and yeah. she's, she's picking her feet. What? She's, I'm watching it and I'm like, and I know she's picking her feet. She's probably picking glass out of her bare feet. That's fine. Yeah. But I'm going, why is, why is she doing that? <laughs> why is she picking her feet? <laughs> so that's one. And the second thing is I want to talk about the mid credit scene. So Thanos, they show the gauntlet. Here we go. He's already rolling his eyes, folks. They show the gauntlet. Mm-hmm. He picks it up and he's like, I guess I'll do it myself. And I'm thinking, I'm sorry. Did he control Ultron? Was he part of that? Like, did he know what was going? Was he sitting there watching? I, I, <laughs> I didn't understand it. I don't know. And and I almost think that that tag works better in a Guardians sure. aspect because uh, what's his face wasn't right. able to get the right. Power Stone. Right. And so like that tag, if you put it in a timeline, would work better right after and, Guardians. And seeing that Guardians has a crummy tag to begin with, that makes that has nothing to do with anything. Right. Why not? Yeah, because I don't even think we talked about the Howard the Duck thing in, in the last episode. Uh, briefly, because yeah. we couldn't remember what it was. And we're not going to talk about it again. But I just right. <laughs> <laughs> I, when I saw that, I, I was like, wait a minute. He he controlled Ultron. I don't get what's hap- what's happening. The credits yeah. are going I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll just ask Pat. Um, <laughs> no. And he's like, I'll do it myself. And then like 15 movies later, finally does it himself. I'll do it myself. But eventually <laughs> I'll get there. Not right now. I've got I've got plans. <laughs> and some other stuff going on. I got to deal with my daughters. They're fighting with oh, each other. Graduating college. You know, you know how it is. <sighs> We're stuck inside. <laughs> We're quarantined together. Um, Sometimes Thanos has to take care of himself. All right. So let's move um, on. Wait, I have on. I have one one nice. moment like that. Nice. We see a quick shot of Grand Central where right. you have the big statue on top of all the uh, the everyday heroes. The the first line, the the, the police and the, the firefighters mm-hmm. and the EMS guys. Grand Central is absolutely destroyed. Yes. During, and I don't remember exactly what the time frame is. I think this is two years. It's still being worked on. It's still being worked on. <laughs> I mean, they can't they can't buff the floors in Grand Central yeah. without shutting it down. Do you know how much red weeks? tape that had to go through to start to the contracts and all that stuff? Please. That 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 thing is there's it's it, there's even still when, a giant it, hole. In the even room. when it's operational. <laughs> even when it's operational, they're still working on stuff. No, absolutely. The ticket prices has been jacked up to of like course seven hundred dollars for a monthly pass. Absolutely. It's the economic that that should be a bonus episode. The economic aftermath. Well, let me um, <laughs> I'll pitch something that I don't think it actually has has been updated in a long time, but it's called Law in the Multiverse. Two lawyers took a look at like the real life impact of superheroes and law, and one of them was the actual cost of what the Battle of New York would be on New York and, and billions. looking at it, billions. Looking yeah. at it like a 
like a 9-11 type event yeah. on a massive, massive, massive scale. And yeah. it's just like, there's not enough money in the world. There's not enough insurance. Like insurance companies would go bankrupt trying to cover some of the stuff if it yeah. was covered at all. And I'm sorry, but they're suing. The, the people are seeking litigation against Tony Stark. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, I'm, yeah. No. So, uh, but it's a good read. I don't think they've they've updated it in a while, but uh, check it out. Law in the Multiverse. Um, really cool site if you're into kind of the real world implications. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Let's get to the differences now. So a lot, uh, for people that have listened before and maybe are new, if you're new to the show, this section is just me asking pet questions because <laughs> I really I don't I have not read comics. Uh, I, I never did. And that's not a slight on them. I just never got into them. But that's fine because I actually like learning as Pat teaches me about things. Let's I got one. Let me kind of set the stage with one of them. Okay. And it's. This movie discusses the the marvel like it really sets the stage and kind of shows the difference between marvel and dc and what the, was the marvel way mm -hmm. which was they not only told the superhero stories they told personal stories they told like what they were doing on their days off what they were doing together in the clubhouse this is a good way to show those interpersonal differences and kind of articulate that marvel style you know especially when you try to claim that this is the empire strikes back of your franchise Oh no, no, <laughs> no! It doesn't. It doesn't work that way. But it's a good. It's a good differentiator to you know. Kind of if you, if you're into Marvel comics, you like some of that. You know, especially the old school, the Stan Lee, Jack Kirby era stuff from the '60s. It's a lot of that. Let's see what they're doing in the clubhouse after a battle. Let's see, you know, the personal and political differences that Tony and Cap have. Uh, so this one, this one does a good job of that. And it doesn't do a good job of a lot of things. But it does a good job of that. <laughs> and then um, now you could ask ask away. Ooh, ask away. All right, so I want to talk about Hank Pym. Well, because yeah. he's like a big part of everything. We haven't really we brought him up briefly. I think a couple episodes ago, and I know he pops up later on in Ant Man. Yep. But like he is, every time I have comments about, or every time I read about. You know, the movies we're doing and the differences and what happens in comics. It's always Stark and Pym, Stark and Pym, Stark mm -hmm. and Pym. And I have, we don't hear anything about Pym, but Pym created Ultron. Yes, he did. In the comics. So yeah. Tell me about tell me about that a little. So Hank Pym, along with Tony and then Reed Richards and, and Professor Xavier from the X-Men are, are a couple of the smartest people in the entirety of the Marvel Universe. Pym models Ultron. So let me back up a second. We'll get into it when we do Ant-Man next episode. Hank Pym's a jerk. All right. He is <laughs> he is an absolute jerk. And and there's gonna be a lot of incidents of that that we're gonna talk about. So he builds Ultron, modeling Ultron after his own brain patterns. Now Tony uses some AI that he had built, which is nice. Pym was so egotistical that he and narcissistic that he just built this this AI off of himself. But as any like good villain does, the AI learned to grow and evolve. So what happened was Ultron turned that it, it was like an Oedipus type complex, sort of, except he hated Pimp. Pim, not Pimp. <laughs> <laughs> he hated Freudian Pim. slip. He hated Pim and wanted to eliminate him completely. And then it eventually evolved where he wanted to eliminate all of humanity. Mm -hmm. Ultron introduced back in like Avengers 50, 54, around there. He's been terrorizing the team since. It also involves him hypnotizing Jarvis. So there is that Jarvis Ultron connection. He was building 
Vision. Right. That was gonna. That was my yeah. next question. So Ultron did build Vision, but he was building Vision as a another piece to kill Hank Pym. Not um, okay. So I had to kill the Avengers, but it was well, kill the kill Avengers Pym. and and boom, Hank Pym included. Is Hank Pym uh, a member of the Avengers? Yes, or he, he created is, the Avengers. No, he was a member of the Avengers. Okay. He was Ant Man. Then the Wasp is his wife, uh, Janet Van Dyne, Tony, the Hulk, and Thor. And then eventually, shortly afterwards, basically everybody resigns. Mm-hmm. And then a new team of Avengers has to come in. And that's Cap, Hawkeye, Scarlet Witch, and Quicksilver. And then, you know, you know, after, you know, several different adventures and incarnations, they all form a, a different group together. And it has some rotating membership. Would you have liked to have seen Pym earlier in the whole series? I know that's... Uh... Not really a comic verse. Yeah. I don't know how you would have worked him in. I know you were supposed to get him earlier because Edward Edgar Wright had been working on Ant-Man for like decades. Was it always going to be Douglas? I don't know if it was always going to be Douglas. Um, But what I appreciate and you know, we'll get to it next week too. But the scene in, um, I think it's the first Ant-Man. I can't remember. It's the first or the second where um, they flash back to like the eighties where Pym is working for shield with the giant with the giant hair um, <laughs> and, you know, Peggy Carter's there and a few others are there. Yeah. So I like that they, you know, he's always been a part of the unit. They, you just never saw him. You just never saw him because right. he had been retired and, and he had been pushed out of his company and he does work on different things than Stark does. So it wasn't like hammer industries, like there should have been Pym mm-hmm. and hammer and Stark. Pym is working on more like biotech and, and, design stuff obviously it has some weaponizing capabilities to it tony and, and justin hammer are more like okay i'm gonna build a gun and sell it to the mm-hmm. military type Got, thing gotcha just back to ultron yeah tell me about the crimson cowl so the crimson cowl was this first identity uh alias that he goes by he's leading a group called the masters of evil it's just a another villains group you know he got a bunch of guys together <laughs> the masters to go, of evil yeah to go take on the avengers and i could have read the comics wrong but they hide him under this identity of the crimson cowl having never actually introduced him previously so you think that this new villain the crimson cowl is forming this group together to take on the avengers and there's a brief moment where as i mentioned ultron had hypnotized jarvis and so it looked like jarvis was the person under the crimson cowl so it looked like jarvis had betrayed the avengers and then he reveals himself as ultron you're like Okay, we went from one guy we didn't know. Then we thought it was a guy we did know. And then we went back and now it's another guy we didn't know. I don't know. It, it was confusing to me to understand it. But he used this Crimson Cowl identity to put together this team to take on the Avengers. Obviously, it doesn't work. The Avengers win. They save the day. What? Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> yeah. Um, fun fact. Ooh. Justin Hammer has a daughter in the comics. Okay. Justine. Just Okay. That makes <laughs> sense. Because it's like George Foreman. All I picture is Sam Rockwell. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> she has assumed the identity of the Crimson Cow, of a new Crimson Cow. This is now. Now in the comics. comics. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which I think would make a fun villain, maybe, sort of, depending on what they do with the WandaVision show. If, they, if that brings back Sam Rockwell as Justin Hammer, I'm, I'm okay with it. that. Yeah. Because quite honestly, as I'm watching these movies and we move forward, like he's becoming my favorite bad guy character. Yeah. <laughs> and that's probably has everything to do with Rockwell. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, one more thing about Ultron, speaking about creating AI, he creates another AI in the comics, oh, right? Boy. Called yeah. jo- Jocasta? Jocasta. Jocasta. Because, and the only reason I have that in here is in the movie when Tony Stark is rifling through his multiple AI programs, apparently, to replace Jarvis. He, and he picks up Friday, which was like his girl Friday. Yeah. You see Jocasta there. You also see um, Tatashi from Big Hero 6. Oh, okay. Too. But he picks Friday. But you see Jocasta, and Jocasta, it's a reference to this AI that Ultron created to defeat the Avengers. And then, But she joined them in the comics. So what is all that? All you right. S- you're going to... I'm not going to like You're sitting this. down for this, right? Oh, here we go. Joka- Ultron... Joka- you, can't, you can't even tell, you can't <laughs> tell me? Because I know how this is going to be received. You know, when you... When you get older in life, oh, is he he made himself a mate. He made himself oh, a mate. Come on. And sometimes you just need a romantic partner. You know, it's it's tough being an, an AI on your own out in this what? world. I'm sorry, but why didn't you just call her Eve? Like, why don't we just go that route? Why Jocasta? I don't know. What is Jocasta short for or acronym? I don't think for? it stands for anything. For okay. So when Ultron was built off of Hank Pym, he kidnapped Janet Van Dyne, Hank's wife, and tried to model jocasta off of janet's mind he hates hank pym but he wants his mind to match the mind of the person he loves so basically ultron is based on hank pym right so it would make sense that he'd want somebody like janet's wife yeah Yeah. so as jocasta's coming online and she's understanding that by her coming online and her living janet then has to die so it's a different process between pym and ultron uh, so at that moment, that's when she switches and goes to warn the Avengers that um, Ultron's coming. They, you know that. So she just up and decides, "I'm not going to kill Janet." Let right, me warn them. Yeah, she somehow gets a conscious. Um, <laughs> because comics. Yeah, because comics. Basically, so Janet gets saved. Jocasta couldn't completely leave Ultron. She then leads the Avengers to a trap, but then she couldn't like pull the trap on them. Interesting. And then they they've kind of, and she's been around in the comics since then because that was you know back uh, around the time Ultron was originally introduced. When was that? In uh, the the sixties. She's helped the Avengers, Fantastic Four, a couple other groups since, but right. nothing nothing major. I don't think she's ever gotten her own series. Oh, it's um, well. Hey, there's still hope. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> well, they destroyed Ultron, so I don't think we're ever gonna see Ultron again yeah. unless he's still in the Mind Stone somewhere. Mm. But the Mindstone got destroyed and yeah, put back. Yeah, you know what's funny is the last episode we talked about where are the stones now. And then I keep reading articles about how they're all destroyed and, and just it's all it's all over the place. Anyway. They're destroyed going forward, but you'd have to go back in time to, to get, get them. them. Which yeah. we clearly can now. Right. Just based upon everyone's knowledge of Back to the Future. So uh, <laughs> tell me about the West Coast Avengers Ooh. and the Secret Avengers. Because the West Coast Avengers make me feel like it's a Beach Boys song. And... Should be. <laughs> well, so, so what's going on there? So they, they franchised? They franchised. That would happen? Yeah, absolutely franchised. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, bringing this, we're going to make another reference to uh, NCIS today. Ooh. Two? It's like regular Pat, NCIS. You know the age demographic that listens to this podcast? It's not the people that watch NCIS. But I think they're still going <laughs> to get the fact that they're going to see regular NCIS. True. So think original, original recipe Avengers. Okay. And I'm then, surprised you don't go CSI, but go ahead. NCIS. CSI still on? Uh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Would Law and Order make more sense? No, I, I get the NCIS okay. reference. Please continue. So original recipe is the Avengers. They're mostly based in New York. Well, on now, the you're, East Coast. now you're doing Kentucky Fried Chicken. No, I'm, I'm getting there. So NCIS LA 
you know, you had to expand the franchise. You had to go to the other coast. So they, they form the West Coast Avengers. And so that was... <laughs> so Vision had this, um, well, Vision, that nice. mostly NYC-based heroes needed to expand. So Hawkeye, of all people, <laughs> decided to manifest destiny and head West, young son. What about a secret family out in the out He in didn't the have mountain. a secret family oh, in this comic. Okay, okay. Give me a second. All right. So he went to start a team. So that team, the original team included, um, it was Iron Man, but it was Rhodey as Iron Man. Okay. When uh, Tony had some issues, <laughs> uh, which we've talked about. <laughs> Character named Mockingbird, who's played by Adriana Palinke, um, in She had her own show. She was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The show didn't really take off. I think she was only on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for like six episodes. Character named Hi- Tigra. And then uh, Hank Pym makes his way out there. So... Yeah, West Coast Avengers, they just they do West Coast stuff. I, mean, I don't know what you want me to tell you. They're, they're over on the West Coast. They battle a lot of the same villains. They, they um, make sure the beaches are safe. <laughs> yeah. In the Ultimates universe, which we'll get to again, but that's the like more modernized New Age team. Mm-hmm. There's an alternate kind of shadow Black Ops team that's, that's more West Coast Avengers, and that had Quicksilver on it. Vision was on it. A character named Black Knight was on it, who will probably see played by um kit harrington in a movie in a movie interesting yeah. uh wonder man quake a few of the others so that was their their black ops in the mainstream comics yes you have all sorts of avengers teams they they franchise they they go wherever they need to go i know a couple episodes ago we talked about the canadian avengers yep. alpha yeah. flight do they have to pay licensing fees to well they go the by alpha avengers? flight so i don't think oh, so okay <laughs> so yeah so the new avengers you know, we see the team at the end of this movie. That's what they're kind of called, New Avengers. And people were expecting that the next Avengers movie was going to involve this team. We're the New Avengers, guys. <laughs> it's like the original, but it's a better recipe. Like New Coke. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of years ago, mid-2000s, there's a few series titled New Avengers. The third volume ran right up until the movie. And that involved more of like, they call the Marvel Illuminati. We're not going to get into that right now. So you can't um, be dropping that on me and then I can't get into it. No, we're going to get into it in later right. movies. The Marvel Illuminati. Yeah. All right. This new Avengers is more street level. So it's Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, all the, you know, the Netflix heroes that we never I was just going to say. The Netflix shows? Okay. Um, that we're not allowed to talk about? Yeah. No, okay. You know, so there were some new Avengers. Then there were Secret Avengers that was a team during uh secret war and civil war that they put together doesn't while, this get confusing to you yeah it gets confusing i was gonna yeah. say this no there were like four like... avengers titles running at the same time wow I and think then that's, that's probably why i never got into comics is just it just seems like it's just all over the place and it's yeah. really tough to find a focus for me they've made it a little bit better especially on the the marvel side and dc has done this too where the you know if you want to just read the batman story yeah you just have to read Batman or you want to just read Iron Man you just read Iron Man you just read the Captain America story like they're doing um Ta-Nehisi Coates is doing a great run on Captain America right now you don't really need to you you probably need a little backstory but they fill you in enough within mm-hmm. the story itself to let you know what's happening but when it gets really crazy and really involved is when they do these massive crossovers mm-hmm. and it's you know whether it's Civil War whether it's Secret Wars or Secret Invasion or all sorts of stuff you don't know what's you know you, you could follow the main seven eight issues of that and then there's you know hunt, every other comic is getting involved in some capacity and one issue might say like tie into civil war 
And really, it's just like half a page. I mean, the point <laughs> is to get you to go buy something and like get interested sure, in the characters sure. and stuff. Can I? Yeah, go please. Interest you in the Great Lakes Avengers? Oh, what what is this? Well, they, no, but what is this? <laughs> You're asking about other. Avengers they just teams. fight. They just fight around the five lakes. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. They go up. What yeah. do they do? Like stop people from no, you know, it's mostly like fishing. A, yeah, so they're on an official team. They were trained briefly by Hawkeye, and then they um they received um cease and desist letters from the the main <laughs> team. I swear to God, this, this is in a comic. This is in a comic. This is why copyright and trademark laws are important, kids. <laughs> is that what they were doing? Teaching people that? No, I don't know what it was, but it was, um, great- it was mostly like it was a bunch of like terrible like D-list heroes. They got involved um, and they were fighting terrible like F-list villains. Is this comic still around? No. Is it? Okay. No, 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 no. Now, let me tell you right now. I don't think so. As much as I'm like oh, sighing about it. That's something I would do. Like, I would be like, give me the Great Lake Avengers. Let me yeah. go make a show about that. And and you, I'd have fun with it. Yeah. That would be something. That would That'd be, be a great Disney Plus yeah. one. Or They're just like, no, no, please. We're going. We're going Netflix. I know they won't let us. They won't. Anyway, we're, we're going someplace where I can say the F word. So yeah. Good. So maybe if Disney wants to put it on Hulu, that's fine. Yeah. Now, I know that I'm probably describing something like The Boys that's out on Amazon. Oh, I love The Boys. Boys is a great show. But yeah, so. You know, obviously that does well. Anyways, regardless, we're, we're going on yeah. topic. All right. I want to do one last thing I have here. Well, two things. We haven't even talked about Scarlet Witch at Quicksilver. We no. talked about them briefly. Now they're based on their Marvel Ultimates version. I want to, I just want to know a little bit about, I, I mean, I kind of know about them from the show. I, I know that that's not as, uh, that's different from what's happening in the comics mm-hmm. in the beginning. But the, I just want to know about, killing off Quicksilver in the movie compared to what happens in the comics. Yeah. Does that something that happens or I don't remember if he's died at all. I don't think he has ever. We have already mentioned they were part of the Avengers, but they are mutants. Not in this movie because they they're not contractually they're not contractually allowed to be called mutants. We've got enhancers. We've got enhancements. That's why they're called enhanced. They're called the twins. They're you know this is why we get Aaron Taylor Johnson in this one, and we got Evan Peters in the other one. So they're mutants, but they appeared, they, they were basically sort of kind of original Avengers. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, you know, basically Team 1B, which is why that the rights are get a little iffy because Fox had them allowing them to be in X-Men. Mm-hmm. Marvel has them tied to Avengers, mm-hmm. which is, I don't think they would have been allowed to make the, uh, WandaVision show had the Fox Disney deal not yeah. going through. Right. So the son and daughter of Magneto. Well, I, I, okay. Yep. I remember. So I read that. Um, yep, but they kind of don't say that here. Yeah. They don't say that. At they all. make it the impression that they were made by Hydra. Right. Right. And they were okay. like Romy, you know, yeah. orphans that were yeah. picked up and, and experimented on. And the um, name on the bomb was Doc. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> and part of it was because it was Stanley, it was Jack Kirby, it was a few of the other guys. The Marvel bullpen was like five guys at mm. one point. And mm. so the benefit of all the same guys working on all the same stuff, they could just pick and say, oh, what's your guy doing? Okay, let's bring him over and have him hop in here. So, mm. oh boy. Uh, and then we got the <laughs> ultimates. The ultimate side of it, which is the, you know, as we've mentioned a couple times, the more modern reinterpretation of these guys. They are founding members of this Ultimates Black Op Avengers type team. So they're um, no longer Magneto's kids. They are Magneto's are kids still, in it too. Okay. Okay. Um, they are uh, lovers. There we go. 
I mean, it's it's Game of Thrones. It's it's what it is. We've all apparently gotten used to it, but I'm glad they did. I'm not used to that. <laughs> I'm not you. I mean, I, I just they did tone that back a lot in uh, Game of Thrones too. Did they really? Yeah, in Why? the later seasons. Well, he tried to rape her, and well, then so uh, the, 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 and then they stopped doing that altogether. Well, I think it was a deeper. It, it, not that we're getting on a Game of Thrones tangent, but that was it, there was a it was less of a of a physical bond between them, but a more of an emotional bond. Yeah. Like he loves her on, on so many levels and yeah. it confuses that. Lo- I, I, yeah. hear you. I hear you. Welcome to yet another game of Thrones. We're off the rails. Um, anyway, so back to the Avenger, back to Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver. So in the ultimate universe, there was also an Ultron unit and in an ultron thing so scarlet witch ended up bringing that one of an ultron unit so it was many similar to how he has the arm iron legion in this one he she brought one to life Mm -hmm. that one became obsessed with her you're seeing a a track record here of ultron becoming obsessed with the people that bring them to life true yeah kind of one note ultron (laughs) and knowing that and this ultron knowing that he couldn't compete with quicksilver killed quicksilver in as, the comic. In the comic. Okay. As like a lover, knowing that he couldn't compete with. Um, uh, yeah. I don't know um, if Quicksilver has died in the Marvel Universe proper. I don't remember that. Uh, I know there's been various things going on with the X-Men. Um, I've always. When if when Disney ever makes the next one movie, we might need to bring an expert in for them. <laughs> uh, I'm not a big X-Men guy, but what I will say, um, what I like with Scarlet, which is design here, it's more reminiscent of the show X-Men Evolutions character where she's got this kind of like off the rack hot topic look to her. <laughs> well, I but, know that like her costume is a little bit more revealing in the other ones, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's, why would you wear that here? That's, it's all red. It's all like leggings and just yeah. skin tight suit. It makes and no sense. She's also got this weird red, like crown thing and a cape on. Like it doesn't play to the modern movies I, anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there have been trailers or, or, screenshots from the wandavision show where they're going to put her in that outfit oh okay but i think it's more of a kind of how stupid it is and, yeah, yeah i think it's more like a alternate universe dream state type sure. uh, thing i feel like if i watch wandavision i'm gonna there's so many references in there that i'm not going to get probably you know yeah, yeah. i don't know if that's good um, or bad with wanda and vision speaking of that they uh they do get together and have some children and there's a great comic that i think ended recently um, that is all, and I think they're going to pull heavily from that for the show, but they've been romantic partners basically since the seventies and they've been, you know, working together and it's, it's one of the longer running partnerships in comics. That's good. Yeah. Good for them. All right, let's move on. From what I know from AI, it seems like it's a lot more emotional in this. He's battling, like trying to deal with his emotions I don't understand that. I don't think, is that really how AI works? I thought AI was more just about learning, sure, not being, have to be it's, taught everything or programmed, but not emotion. Yeah, I don't think you could teach, you can't program emotion. That's something different. That's something yeah. that would evolve later on. I and don't know. It could be, that could be another piece from the Mind Stone sure. that has, has put in, because Vision now has the Mind Stone. You know, he obviously. For, you know, as we were just mentioning, yeah. forms romantic partnerships with um, Scarlet Witch. You feel, you know, friendships with the rest of the Avengers. Yeah. Maybe that's what the Mind Stone is able to do, too, is is Tony could build the computer AI mm-hmm. that can process learn and, and 
you know, make shortcuts and, and figure things out quickly and, and process information. But the Mindstone is able to put in that um, emotional aspect. Right. So the biggest thing about this movie is that it sets up at least ooh, six other movies. So it sets up Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, Captain America Civil War, and the next two Avengers, obviously. You know. Yep. There's also some stuff in here that I don't know if it's intentional or not, but like Black Widow stuff. Yep. Is that in, it foreshadowing her movie? I think so. That will ever come out? Uh, so I think this is probably the biggest example or the best example when we say focusing on setting up the the rest of the universe like it, it took place over what this movie should have been mm -hmm. so this the, all these movies have places within the universe and because you're world building yes you need to include some stuff that you could see later on yeah but there needs to be a balance and it honestly should weigh more towards the story you're telling than the setup of the rest of the universe yes. With this movie, I think the balance has shifted too much. And I think that affects, that's probably why we're being a little critical of this movie. Because there's just so much stuff that is in, the, I get why people go back to it and like, oh my God, like Claw's wearing the the claw from uh, when he killed Tashaka from the King of Wakanda, yeah. you know, that whole thing like that. Uh, and then you end up seeing that later on. Oh, that, you know, I, I get that. Oh, he's, he, Floor has a vision of what's happening. What's going to happen now? Right. I get the excitement going back, but when you're in the theater and you have not seen the rest of the movies, you're like, what the hell is happening here? It's on the same level as Iron Man 2, mm -hmm. Ooh. but it's almost worse. See, I thought Iron Man 2 is a little bit more rudderless. From a story perspective, yeah. But right. they, you're trying to set up, you know, they have the, all the Easter eggs to, you know, there's things True. that reference Black Panther, that Namor. Hulk, you know, trying to, you know, really hammer home this Avengers initiative idea. You know, you got Stark, true, true. you know, you got uh, Stark dealing with S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Captain America stuff coming in and him dealing with his father's relationship to that. But now that we're seven, eight movies removed from that one, mm -hmm. it almost feels that this is worse because we've already know what the universe is. Mm -hmm. We want the stories and all they're giving us to is is preview season. Yeah. When you're watching, when you're watching a story, you, you you obviously you're being told the story that you're being told in terms of Age of Ultron, but there's just so much lip service given to other storylines and plot lines that are not that I know are not going to be wrapped up within the story that I'm I'm being yep. told that it's a distraction and it gets me confused. I mean, I'm not gonna say when I say it, it gets me annoyed and angry. I don't mean like oh. My, I walked out of the theater. It just—it's just very like frustrating yeah. because it's—it's it's taking away from what I want to see on screen or what I'm trying to see on screen. Yep. And then it. So then at the end, when they're all like, they have the hero shot at the end of the movie that Pat was talking about, where they're protecting the one whatever button, yep. <laughs> and that's supposed to be reminiscent of in the first Avengers. The difference is that like the in the first Avengers. That's a right. That's a great moment. And right. I like that moment because it's, you, it's earned. Right. This moment is just it feels so put upon and set mm -hmm. up because no, nothing has been done. Like they could have done a lot of stuff within this movie because and, and when Iron Man and Captain America are fighting, they, they fight in one scene and the next scene they're together. There's no resolution to yep. that fight. You, you understand that maybe they still don't like each other and that carries over to Civil War. OK, fine. But there's no resolution in this movie. In the first one, they talk about like, you know, he gets all these people together 
and oh, they become a team at the end. But like th- this movie could have been something where like, but the, can they stay a team? They're right. still individuals. And there's some stuff for that. It goes but, back to that peaks and valleys. Yeah. We're talking yeah, about with yeah. Tony, you know, we need characterization with Tony. And then he was the only one that really got any characterization in this one mm-hmm. because cap, like we said, cap's just grouchy. He doesn't like to swear. Mm-hmm. That's his, that's his story. Yeah. In this Thor is going to take a shower and then I love that when they go not to cut you off, but when they go to uh, the Hawkeye's home, yeah, like we'll be safe here. Thor's like, yeah, f this. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. I, I gotta got, go. I got stuff to do. I'm gonna go find my professor friend. I'm gonna. Um, yeah, I'm gonna get out of here. I'm not gonna go see uh, the girl I love. No, 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 no. She's she's busy doing stuff that I'm. Yeah. I shouldn't be there. But I'm gonna go check out. I'm gonna bother this other guy. Pull him from the university. Yeah. that he's clearly teaching, and and have him deal with me. With me, not my girlfriend. Not my. But, not the one I love. You really. Yeah, right. <laughs> but there's only one story here. There's only really one main character. Yeah. And that's Tony. Mm-hmm. And then they try to make Ultron another main character. Yeah. And it doesn't really work. And then Tony is is completely inconsistent, which when you match up his, you know, his interactions with the other characters, it doesn't make sense. Right, right. And it doesn't it doesn't tie together. This is something that I don't know if it's a problem, but this is something that's evident. Is that when Iron Man's in a movie, he's the lead. Yes. Avengers, his movie. He has way too much influence in the Spider-Man movies for me. Way too much. Where I, I joke that. When he's that, not even a character in the Spider-Man. <laughs> I joke when I talk about Spider-Man Far From Home. It's like Iron Man 4. Because it is. Yeah. It's like Son of Iron Man. And that's what yeah. I mean. It's, and, and it's so. I know we're going to get off topic. But it's so infuriating when Spider-Man or Peter Parker is inside the jet and Happy's watching him build a device. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Just make him Iron Man then. Yeah. What is this? At some point, I mean, I understand like people that love comics and love the characters. I know, I know Spider-Man's a beloved character. I get all that. But at some point, your, your geekdom, and I say that with respect, has got to be tested when you see stuff like that. You've got to just be like, come on, man. I mean, there's some things I want to watch, but just don't. Yeah. You got to stop trying to force feed me these things. Ah, whatever. You can always, you know, it's a multi, it's an alternate universe. You can always write that off, whatever. But I'm uh, hoping there's that, a lot of bleed over. Like, but go back. My, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm, I'm, all I'm going to say is that I hope that phase four, because it should be completely devoid of, of Iron Man. Yeah. I hope that it is. I, I agree. Well, I don't know because they're going to do a third Spider-Man. They are. And but maybe they got there. through all of We'll get to that when we get to far from home. Cause I got some <laughs> issues with the end of that. But yeah, so if I think from home takes from okay, good. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. takes from the Iron Man three pot. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all these any any villain in which Tony Stark is in the movie happens to be a disgruntled Stark employee or somebody right. disgruntled with Tony Stark. Same thing here. Like it's it's Ultron who's mad at Tony. But and just to further my point about how Iron Man uh, Tony Stark is the main character in this movie, he creates the bad guy. It's almost like it's his personal journey to stop the bad guy. And oh yeah, these other guys are here to help me, but they're just, they're just, they're getting people off the rock and they're fighting these like nameless drones. Yeah. But, but then uh, it becomes, yeah. then vision ends up taking out Ultron. Yeah. Quicksilver ends up dying. Yeah. Like he has the character turn where he's, you know, their bad guy to, you know, I'm going to go save somebody. And, and bet you didn't see that coming. Um, Which is a nice, I like it was that. A nice the little, first and last thing he says. Yeah. But, and, to be fair, like, again, Hawkeye has a lot of stuff in here he and you just you, we don't talk about it because no. we're too busy focused on Tony Stark. Yeah. And I don't know if that has to do with writing. I don't know if that has to do with Robert Downey Jr. as an actor and his presence 
whether he's sitting there like I want more screen time, whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't care about that. Yeah. But, but that, that's what we're seeing on screen. And Hawkeye has a lot of the emotional mm-hmm. elements in this movie to the point where it, it's like I actually like that stuff a lot more. I like this. He gives Scarlet Witch the pep talk. Yes. He becomes friends with Quicksilver. They get off on the wrong foot. Right. And they, they kind of work together in the end. He's the only one that not mentors them, but becomes a, a father figure for yeah. them really quick. It's really brief, obviously. He's the only one that has an emotional connection with them. And they, I know that the vision stuff is in there, but that's later on. Yeah. And you see that slightly picked up in, in Civil War where he kind of goes and rescues Wanda mm-hmm. and says, OK, you're coming with me. We're going to get you out of here. Yeah. And she's ready to like she's on the fence, but he's the one that goes and gets her yeah. because he knows he can talk to her and he knows he can help. Yeah. Um, so and I get that that's got history in the comic. Like right. You say. So that's yeah. I, I, that's fine. Yeah. I'm OK with that. But in, in the movie, uh, Hawkeye has the more connection to the point that he names his kid. The middle name of the kid is, is after, Pietro. Yeah. 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 And that's missed sometimes, but still. Yeah. Iron Man's presence within his movies and the Avengers movies and any movie he is in is really too big. Yeah. And and I th- I think at the, we're at a point now where I know I hope we're not spoilers for anybody. <laughs> when he dies in Endgame, it's almost like good because, like you say, let's see let's see some movies that he's not around. Yeah. Let's see what we can do. I mean, there's a reason why. Black Panther is really good. It's well written. It's well directed, it's and it's got and it's got active. a story, and it's its own contained story. Yep. And wh- I talked about that last. I think last episode. That's why Black Panther works. Yes, it does. It's a good movie. Yeah. Captain America, the first one, the second one, they're 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 good. They're movies. good movies. I'm not going to tell you about Civil War is basically Avengers 2.5. So we see it there. We see it later on with what we talked about with Spider Man being Iron Man four. Now there's a thing where like all these things bleed in together now, mm-hmm. and now you're you you've created these abomination of movies to take from a credible Hulk. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like you've, yeah. you've created these movies that are not really stories. They're just a collection of yeah. things yeah. happening. It's We've said it from the beginning. It's yeah. a TV show that just bleeds into the next movie yeah. or the next season. And, you know, some things change season to season, movie to movie, but for the most part, you know, it's the same stuff. And now, you know, I, I am really interested in what phase four has to bring. Sure. Little interested because obviously it got delayed and we're not sure when it's going to come out, but, how Black Widow ties in as a phase four movie or if it'll be like a transition movie, almost like Iron Man three was. Well, she dies yeah. in the last Avengers too. So this takes place earlier. Before that. Yeah. I, I don't want her to come back. Like that's it. You're done. Yeah. I, that's great. I, I don't, I don't like that. They killed Quicksilver off because he was like, Hey, this is um, Quicksilver's now in this movie. Oh, don't get connected. Don't, he's, don't get he's gone. Yeah. I, I always think that when you have characters that have been around, like you got to kill them off. Yeah, that's the only, yeah. you got to give them endings. You, they can't just keep going on. It's not James Bond. You right. Know, you know, so, yes, um, I'm glad that they, they they killed her off. And I don't think you're going to. I mean, honestly, if this does well, you're going to see two other Black Widows, I'm sure. With yeah. Their family. I mean, you don't put David Harbour in the movie or Rachel Lies and all these. And Blake Lively is her sister, I think. Right. No, it's not Blake Lively. It's um, it? Florence. Oh, Florence Pugh. Yeah. From Midsummer. OK. Yep. All right. Wow. Oh, you know why? I just watched. Um, the rhythm section. That's why I'm thinking. Like, oh, okay. But you don't put all these people in the movie if you're not going to. Hey, this does well. Well, we'll yeah, I mean, but three. you might do something with Florence Pugh and make her a new Black Widow. I'm there sure. There have been other people oh, who have yeah, maybe taken that, that name. Yeah, that's um, fine. And, you know, okay, you could introduce what's his, uh, David Harbour as, as the Red Guardian sure. in a different movie. My guess is, and I don't know this, this is completely conjecture, but maybe Rachel Wise 
dies or, or has a villain type role Whatever. And, and dies again, which is why you're able to, you know, get her out, but you still have the other two assets. Sure. And that's what these characters are. They're assets. Yeah. There's Florence Pugh is a potential new Black Widow. It's Red Guardian. Yeah. You know, that that's that's what you can do. And, yeah. and Taskmaster is the villain, which should be uh, cool to watch. Our takeaway, I guess, is that we're interested to see these movies moving forward without the presence of Tony Stark and Iron Man. Yeah. And, and kind of see because it's it's such a domineering presence. And I think maybe this is the beginning of it starting to be a negative presence. This yep. movie, you know? Yeah. Civil War is definitely hampered by him. Mm hmm. Spider-Man movies are hampered by him. Yeah. Obviously, he needs to be in the next two Avengers. I get and, that. And he's, he's great in them. I mean, this is the movie that sets up that fight at the beginning of Endgame between everybody sitting in the, the room. And, and, you know, he says to, like Steve says in this movie, you know, if we're going to lose, we're going to lose together. Right. And that's what Tony references in Endgame and says, you know, you said you'd be there. You said, if you know, if we're going to lose, we're going to be together. Yeah. Obviously, they, they were one was on a different planet. One yeah. was in Wakanda. The other thing that they do again, and we talked about it briefly with Banner and Incredible Hulk. Now we're, we're still being told Incredible Hulk and Bruce Banner's story over the span of other movies. Mm -hmm. I, know, I think to. it's yeah. yeah, I think they have uh, it's universal rights, which is stupid, which which I think is a disservice to that yeah. character. I know that in Avengers he ends up becoming Professor Hulk, or Endgame or whatever after the snap. Yep. Um, that's 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 another thing we could talk about later, but. Now you talked about how they force in this Black Widow love love interest, and yeah. you know they, they have that slay. Hey Nick, when you sent me to go get him in the first movie, did yeah. you know that this was going to happen? Type of thing. Like this was all set up, and and this is the problem with it. That's the only time where that was ever like okay. Yeah, they knew each other. They had that one bad. Yeah. Like why would she go near him again? Because uh, when he freaked out in um oh, in the helicarrier, yes, yeah, almost killed her. That scared her. You yeah. Know, you saw that that. That scared her immensely. So why would you? But again, it's it's how the MCU deals with a PTSD. It's like, well, you're fixed. <laughs> <laughs> and there's really, and even after that, there's really no scenes where, I mean, I guess, I guess you're supposed to get that at the party when she's tending bar, apparently. Yeah. And she has that. Oh, I really like this fella. Yeah. But there's, but that's just revealing your your feelings for him. Where are the, where, where, where are, are the, the genesis feelings? of those we're, feelings? We're, yes. Yeah. That's something that we, you know, you can't just do that off screen if yeah. you're going to make that a major point, but whatever. That's, yeah. I guess we're nitpicking there. Did you know that Abomination was going to be in this movie? Was going to be the bad guy? And then mm. they wrote him out. But it was going to be Tim Roth. He was going to come back. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, right? That'd have been wrote, awesome. They wrote him off. I guess they, they, they see him in another one. Yeah, so um, that was interesting. Real quick, Incredible Hulk side, side note there. Fun fact, speaking Ooh. of Hulk. Are they fun? Yeah, I think you might like this one. The Hulkbuster, the what, what he called Veronica. Yeah. Just we didn't name it because that's not like a comic thing. He named it after um, the character Veronica from yep. Archie Comics. Yep. yep. And because Bruce was in love with Betty. Yep. Betty and Veronica fight over the same man. <laughs> they made this Veronica protocol as the alternate Betty, like the alternate, the anti Hulk yeah. protocol. It's good. Yeah. But, you know, Stark wasn't smart enough to figure out that he should get a, a, a bottom. So that yeah. rump Hulkbuster, so that he doesn't punch out through the ground. He's that smart. Not that smart enough. All right, anyways. The other thing with the Hulk was so he gets on that airplane at the end. Yep. We're supposed to assume he flies off planet, right? Yeah. But they don't. But they say that the the plane has crashed. There's a moment at the end of the movie where they say, "Oh, we found the plane here. Oh, on that's this right. Planet. Uh, we assume that no survivors. They never say. But he has the 
I he know. has the jet in Ragnarok. I know, but there's a there's a there's a comment in this movie about the jet crashing, huh. which threw me off. Yeah. yeah, maybe go back and watch it, and maybe we'll bring it up again. But yeah, yeah. right. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I must have, like I glossed it because it was the end of the movie, and I was tired. I hear it. <laughs> I that has, that, has that effect on me? Um, that's weird because they like they use the jet. They like, yeah, the I jet is ass- in. That's how I was assumed he got off planet. Maybe we're missing something. Yeah. But anyway, someone else, I'm sure someone else will hit please, us up with an email. Please comment, <laughs> comment below. Or... You guys are idiots. <laughs> These guys don't know what they're talking about. This is what happened. All right. So I think we're done. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. One more thing. Oh, boy. No, it's not a big thing. I wanted to bring it up. Yeah. Because we were talking about Iron Man. I should have brought up when we were talking about Iron Man. To so the end of Iron Man 3, he blows up all his stuff because I love Pepper Potts. But then the beginning of this movie, Send in the Iron Legion. So basically that love is not lasting. Well, she's not there. Remember? Well, yeah, but yeah. she's still he's but that doesn't mean he still yeah. doesn't build. He's not I right. No, no, but I'm saying like I'm gonna blow all this stuff up because I know who I am. Yeah. I am Iron Man and I love Pepper and we're gonna spend the rest of our life together. One, she's too busy running a company. Yeah. To go to a party. <laughs> like it was yeah. <laughs> to go to a party. Yeah, like, it's I, not I, like I hated that moment when they're both talking about their their their, their girls' love interests. Yeah. And, oh, they're not. Yeah, oh, Jane's Jane's studying something very important. Exposition yeah. dialogue. And then, uh, Pepper is too busy running a a company. It's like, yeah. Wait a minute. You're living in the tower, yeah, and the party's in the of, tower. Yeah. She can't go up five levels. Yeah. And then in this one, yeah, he builds the Iron Legion. I guess that was maybe his like step down. I'm not going to build all the suits. I'm just going to build robots to do my job for me. Yeah. It just doesn't. Um, yeah, agreed. <laughs> all right, can I do? Um, can I do one more then? Yeah, one more, like one more, and then we'll move on to your to your recommended reading section. Baron von Strucker. Okay. <laughs> one of the biggest wastes of a character. Yeah, like, right. They set him up at the end of forget which movie, which teaser he was in. He was in the not was it Thor. It was the one before Guardians. Oh, Winter Soldier. Yes. Yeah. So they set him up in Winter Soldier. He's this big character in the comics. He's been terrorizing Captain America and the Avengers for forever. And then he's not even, he doesn't even make it out of the cold open. Yeah. And then not only does he not like barely make it out of that, he's then killed off screen. Yep. And it's just like, oh, yes, that's right. Ultron kills him off screen. And it's just like, what? Yeah. So as a connection, and this is how I'll tie it into this section here, he has a son, Werner von Strucker. He's probably like the biggest, do you know who my father is kind of guy in the MCU? <laughs> and he like, I don't know, he was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for a half dozen episodes midway through the series. He gained some superpowers, some enhanced powers. Got enhanced. But uh, it's just like, what? Like, <laughs> what are you? I just don't. <laughs> such a waste. That the and disservice to the Von Struckers. <laughs> Seriously. Ah. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, I'm going to go. All right. Uh, Pat's going to tell you some recommended reading for the eight for related to this movie. Um, And we will see you next week when we talk about the final movie in the phase two, which was Ant-Man. Yes. Nice epilogue to all this, (laughs) I guess. Uh, (laughs) So, all right. I will see you next week. Pat, take it away. As always, at the end of each episode, we like to send you home with some recommended reading that follows up on some of the characters and plots presented in this week's film. Our recommended reading section is sponsored by Infinite Heroes, comics, cards, and collectibles in Watertown, Connecticut. If you're in the Connecticut or New England area, it's a great location to pick up comics from Marvel as well as DC, Image, and more. 
They also have a large collection of trading cards, toys, and collectibles. Owner Paul Santos has worked in comics for years, most recently as an editor at DC Comics. Ask him for a recommendation and tell him we sent you. All right, this week we are talking Ultron. And with Ultron, that comes a lot of comics about his introduction and his attempt to take over the world. Uh, So let's continue filling out your Silver Age library with Roy Thomas's Avengers Epic Collection, Behold the Vision. As you can imagine, this series, which collects Avengers number 57 through 76, features the introduction of the Vision, as well as the Avengers' first and second battle with Ultron. The first several issues in this collection show how Ultron had created Vision as a weapon to fight against the Avengers. When Ultron returns midway through this, uh, and he covers himself in the indestructible material adamantium, can the Avengers defeat this new and improved Ultimate Ultron? You just have to read out, read and find out. And then we're going to take a different track than just trying to recommend something that ties directly into the plot. Why? Because, well, comics. And we've we touched on this one briefly, but this is exactly what we're going to get with Avengers, The Bride of Ultron. This collects Avengers 157 through 166 by Jerry Conway, Jim Shooter, Don Heck, George Perez, and, and many, many more. Ultron returns with one thing on his mind. Love. That's right. Ultron builds the android Jocasta in an abandoned factory on Long Island where all great relationships start because comics told you uh, if that's not enough for you, this collection includes appearances by classic villains and witness the vision throw down with his original inspiration, wonder man. And of course we have to include the critically acclaimed 2013 Brian, Michael Bendis, Brian Hitch crossover age of Ultron. The titular villain finally achieves his life goal, wiping out all of humanity. Then a ragtag team of Avengers must work together to stop the evil Android. The paperback collection collects the main 10 issues of the story. Well, the hardcover has even more of a robust package with several tie-ins and crossovers. Uh, it's an interesting what-if read filled with time travel and comic book butterfly effect shenanigans. That's it for this week. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and uh, take care.